grab a glass and tell us a story. It's Bucks and Booze. Welcome, I'm your host, George Torzik, and I invite you to savor the spirit and the story with me today. I've chosen a product from Iron Fish Distillery out of Thompsonville, Michigan for my spirit today. This is the Mad Angler Rye Whiskey. So I'll pour myself a little taste. And I'll come back and talk a little bit more about the, about the rye whiskey and about Iron Fish at the end of the podcast. I'm going to talk a little bit about solo hunting today. And I'm doing it solo. This goes back to the early 90s when my wife and I had moved to Coleman, Wisconsin. And to back up just a little bit, a couple of years prior to, uh, to us moving to Coleman, we were at my Uncle Jim's deer camp and sitting around one afternoon and got into a conversation about bow hunting with my uncle and a couple of the guys at the camp. And to this point, I had not done any bow hunting. Uh, my brothers had not done any bow hunting. But the guys at the camp had started to get into it. And at the time, were shooting uh, recurve bows, both my uncle and our hunting partner, uh, Dave DeGroote, had purchased bear recurve bows. And they had a target set up out in the field outside of the deer camp. And as we got to talking, they said, well, why don't you give it a shot? And we had shot bows a little bit uh, growing up just uh, through school and through some activities, but never, never seriously, never for deer hunting. So we went outside and took a couple shots and hit the target pretty well. It was a full-body deer target. And Dave said to me, why don't you try and shoot it in the eye? I said, sure, give it a whirl. And sure enough, struck it dead right in the, right in the target, right in the, right in the eyeball. And he turned and looked at me and he said, you can shoot that bow way better than I can. It's yours. So I inherited that bow from him. And my uncle uh, ended up giving my brother his bear recurve as well. Uh, and that set us down a path of lifelong love of bow hunting from that point forward. So the first time that I actually went into the field and started bow hunting uh, was when I was in Coleman. So Coleman, Wisconsin is located about 45 minutes north of Green Bay in the middle of agriculture and farming. Lots of, lots of corn, lots of dairy cows, and my wife Lisa and I had purchased a small farmhouse from a fantastic couple, Don and Dorothy Stoll. They were amazing. Kind of became second parents to us uh, while we were there. And Don had a son, Don Jr., who was avid bull hunter, uh, hunted all over their property. And the whole family was incredibly gracious and kind and invited me to utilize any space that I 
wanted to on their farm for hunting, for bow hunting. And so I started to get into the sport. Uh, and in the early 90s was when some of the first widely shown hunting shows were out. The team at Realtree uh, was probably the most predominant one at, the, at that time. Watching guys like Michael Wydell uh, go out hunting, bow hunting, um, really captured my interest and sort of helped me along my journey as I started bow hunting. So starting off bow hunting with a recurve, uh, concerned about accuracy, about making sure I didn't make a bad shot on a deer, spent a lot of time practicing before I went out for the first season. And off the back of our house, we had a corner of woods that was off of a, a cut cornfield. Uh, there were a couple of, I think there were five or six steers that, that Don and Dorothy had that grazed in that field. And there was a great stand back in the middle and the area was just loaded with deer. They were everywhere. It was not uncommon for me to be in a stand and see 20 does underneath me at all times. And I think it was probably in part my rawness to the sport um, that I just didn't have a lot of encounters with bucks at the time while I was bow hunting there. Because certainly they were in the area. Many other People, many of the students that I had in school and the football players I coached told me stories of these great deer that they shot. Um, but my luck wasn't quite going that way. So I spent, I spent a lot of time out there learning the hard way and waiting for that opportunity for something with antlers to come along. And it was a few weeks into, into my adventure in bow hunting that I finally had a six point buck that uh, was coming into the stand that I had in, I uh, was up in a tree. Don Jr. had built a platform up there. So it was, it was a great spot in a, in this giant old tree, well-worn deer pass below me. And when that six point buck started coming in, I was like, I finally had an opportunity to try and take a deer with a bow. He got in range, he was broadside, everything was perfect. And I pulled back on my arrow and the rest that it sat on fell completely off of the bow into my hand. I flipped my left hand over as the, as the rest fell off and caught it. And the deer kind of looked up for a second because of the movement and looked back down and continued walking on the path. And so there I was with the rest in my left hand and my bow and I just stuck it on there and kind of held it with my thumb and put the arrow back on the rest and pulled back and took the shot. The arrow flipped off, the, the rest fell off again, the arrow flipped over, hit a tree, made a ton of noise, the deer was long gone. So that was my first bow hunting episode or my first bow hunting opportunity at a buck and it didn't pan out very well. But I certainly learned a lot hunting. 
uh, in Coleman hunting with the recurved bow. Your shot distance is certainly not not very far for me. I didn't feel comfortable with anything outside of 20 to 25 yards. And so you, I learned an incredible amount about, about deer and about their activity and about their habits. And, and so even though you may not be successful, there's always opportunities for learning and improving and really flaming the fires for the love of bow hunting that I have today. Uh, so even in that even in that time of fumbling around and and trying to figure out I knew that bow hunting was going to be something that that I really loved because the time of year is great the weather is warm the deer are active and they're not quite as unpredictable as they are during rifle season when the rut is in full steam you get to see so much interaction between different deer because you spend so much time in the woods with deer underneath you or around you that it's really fabulous and it's and it really is a great way to learn about so many things in the woods so i really appreciated that those opportunities that the stoll family gave me and i think it it's a it's a a story that replays itself so often and and hopefully we've been able to do the same thing with other people to extend opportunities, extend knowledge, uh, support people who want to get into the sport of hunting. I think as we all know, there's not as many people hunting as there once was. And if we want our sport to continue, we really need to promote that across the board. Those simple acts of kindness and, and helping people to see and, and understand what a great sport it is is so important. Reflecting on the spirit choice of today, uh, it's one of my absolute favorite distilleries. Iron Fish is a, is a tremendous family-run, uh, small craft distillery in Thompsonville, Michigan. Uh, Richard and Sarah Anderson have been incredibly gracious they've they've had us down as guests at the distillery which is gorgeous and if you ever have a chance to stop by it's just just a little bit south of Traverse City they have a beautiful farm there they try and grow as much product as they possibly can to make their whiskeys and anything that they can't grow they source out from other farmers in the area or at the very minimum from other farmers in Michigan. So it's Michigan products, locally sourced as much as possible. Fantastic people who do an amazing job of producing high quality spirits in everything that they do. Um, I've talked with Richard and my hope and goal is that we actually get to do a, a show at Iron Fish later on this year and we'll go into a whole lot more detail about about the distillery and about their their story and how they got to where they're at. It's fascinating. It's great. It's a great story of chasing a dream. Uh, but today, the rye whiskey, the Mad Angler that I chose, is outstanding. It's one of my absolute favorite rye whiskeys. 
a little bit sweet, great dessert choice. Uh, or if you're just relaxing and you just want to have a little something, uh, maybe right before bed, something like that. Mad Angler is a series that Iron Fish put together to recognize fishing and the great things that go along with, with that. And they are also using some of their resources to support uh, fishing in the great state of Michigan. The Mad Angler series consists of the rye whiskey that I'm having today, along with a bourbon that they make, and then a bonded bourbon as well. All are fantastic. I'd recommend every one of them. And look forward to going into more depth about Iron Fish on another episode down the road this year. So thanks once again for joining. And we'll see you next time with more Bucks and Booze.